You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. The Bible says in Psalm 127, it says in verse number one, and this is so, so key, accept the Lord. That word accept, it means unless you have the Lord, unless you have God working, you might as well just go ahead and pack it up and go home. Because if God's not going to show up, if God's not going to do something, friend, we are in trouble. I think about for all these parents that were up here tonight, I think about the parents that are out here and the grandparents and uh, the the folks that are here with uh, something that God has for your life. You can't do it without God. You don't have a chance this week. I'll just tell you right now, if you don't have God's help, your marriage is not going to make it. If you don't have God's help, your testimony is not going to withstand the trials and the darts and the adversity and the attacks of the devil. It's not possible without the Lord. And I think tonight, as much as we're going to try to plan and as much as we're going to try to do the best that we can, I want us to realize as a church, we must have God. Uh, we do, we will meet tomorrow. Our staff will meet. And we've got plans and I've got uh, goals for 2020 and I've got so many exciting things that I believe the Lord will have us do. But I want to tell you this, if God's not in it, we're wasting our time. If God's not going to show up, if God's not going to work in our services, it doesn't matter. It It doesn't matter what kind of a program you have. Can I tell you, I'd rather go to a place where they didn't have the fanciest and they didn't have the nicest and they didn't have the latest and greatest, but they had the presence of God. That's where I want to be. That's what I want to be a part of. You say, well, that's not real modern and that's not up with the times and that's not real trendy. No, I'll tell you where the trendy's going. The trendy and the latest and the greatest is causing us to think that we don't need God. And friend, you and I could never be more mistaken than to think that we can do it without the Lord. Sometimes the longer we're in church and the longer we've taught a class and the longer we've uh, sung in a choir and the longer we've been in a ministry... Sometimes the danger there is that we think that we know and we think we've got it covered and we'll say, I've been there, I've done that, I know all about that and I want to tell you that's a scary place to be because you go through the motions and you do it without God. Without Him, we can do nothing. The Bible says, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. You're wasting your time trying to build something without God. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Without the Lord's protection, without the Lord keeping a a, a watch over the city, we all are in trouble. I'd like for you to see just a few thoughts quickly by way of introduction. One, I think it's obvious from verse number one that God is the one that brings stability to your life. Except the Lord build it. Have you ever been working with, I know we've got some builders in here, Brother uh, Tracy, I see you, and Brother uh, Ricky, and Brother Edmund, I know we've got other builders. If I didn't mention you, it's not because you can't build, I'm just picking a few out of the crowd. But have you ever worked with somebody, and you were on a job, and you thought, this is scary. This person 
just did this. Brother Mark, you might go into some electrical jobs thinking, who in the world framed this thing in? You might go into a job thinking, I'm not sure I even want to have my name associated with this project because this one is a mess. And you think, how in the world did somebody think this was a good idea? How in the world did somebody think that this was a good structure? Well, I wonder sometimes how in the world we think that we're going to have any stability or any success in our lives without God. It, it won't happen. Uh, except the Lord build the house. Number two, except the Lord keep the city. God is the one who gives us safety. God is the one that gives us protection. God is the one that watches over us. Notice verse number two. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late and to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. God's the one that's going to bring peace to your life. God's the one that's going to give you uh, uh, rest and give you peace and give you sleep. You know, uh, I have not up to this point in my life I've not had to do anything out of the ordinary to fall asleep at night. Now, I take that back. Usually, my head has to hit the pillow, and usually that'll do it. Uh, sometimes, I think I, I think I go to sleep before I hit the pillow. You know what I'm talking about? And, but I will tell you, there are good people. There are good Christian people that can't sleep. There are people, whether it be a health issue or whether it just be uh, like Brother Dan, I've been teasing him about all the stress, but can I tell you, stress is real. And, and people, get, we get frustrated and we get uh, so worked up and we're so burdened and we're so pressured. And, and because of that, some people can't sleep. Can I tell you, one thing that you can do, one thing that I can do, is we can go to bed at night and just say, Lord, I got a lot of things on my mind. I got a lot of burdens in my life but I'm just going to try to do my best to cast all my care upon you. I'm going to do my best to turn it over to you. I'm going to let you do the work. And can I tell you, God promises that he will give sleep to his people, give rest. I see in this passage, I see three main themes. I'd like to share them with you quickly. Number one, I see the theme of construction. The Bible says, except the Lord build the house. As we're talking tonight specifically about children, did you know that as parents and grandparents and Sunday school teachers and people in ministry, our, our pastor's pals, I think about our nursery workers. You know, nursery is more than just sitting in a room and filling time. There is, there is training that goes on in there. Uh, there is so much that is taught and that is instructed to those children. And can I tell you, uh, there is some building that is going on at Victory Baptist Church. Right now, it's not a, a structure, it's not an addition, it's not an auditorium, it's not a new building somewhere, but there is building, there is construction taking place of lives of young people and lives of adults who are growing and who God is building. And there, there's a church that is being built for God's glory. Can I tell you, God is in the construction business. God wants us to build, and there must be building in a home, and there must be growth, and there must be maturing, and there's always work that must be done in our homes and in our marriages. God gives us children. He blesses us with children, but then he gives us the responsibility to teach them and to instruct them. We are to build our children. I think there's four main areas, but I think most importantly, we are to build our children spiritually. 
Now, hang on. There's other areas. We're going to get to those. But what good does it do for your child? What good does it do for my child to have the greatest intellect and the greatest mind and the greatest education? And I'm not against education. I'm all for it. And by the way, that's, we're getting to that. But what good does the education do if our children don't know the Lord? What good does uh, the, do the good grades do for our children if in their heart they don't have a relationship with the Lord and if they've never trusted Christ as Savior? Friend, we must build our children spiritually. I believe we must build our children and construct them physically. It is the responsibility of parents that children, that they grow uh, physically, that they're healthy and that they're strong and that they're, they're cared for. And may God help us in that building to look after the physical needs of children. It breaks my heart, as I'm sure it does yours, to see a child that has been neglected, to see a child that has not been cared for. There's times where we'll see it in our ministry and there's times where we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go to doors and I don't mean people in our church, but, and that may be the case, I'm not aware of that. But I think there's times where we know we'll be out visiting, or we'll be out knocking on a door and you'll see a child. You bus workers know about this. And a child is literally left to care for themselves what they're going to wear and what they're going to eat and whether or not their homework's going to get done and what time they go to bed and what time they get up. Friend, God has given us the opportunity and the privilege and the responsibility to help our children physically to grow and to be built. Our children should grow mentally. I think our children need to know the Bible, but I'll tell you this, our children also need to know how to read and how to write and they need to understand and they need to know history and science and they must, they must have a good academic foundation. I think it's important that we build our children emotionally. You say, well, I don't have children. Well, you could apply this to any area. You could apply this to your spouse. You could apply this to your coworkers. But you know, there are so many people who emotionally they are falling apart. Now, we're supposed to be building emotionally, but there's so many people that emotionally, they're so, they are depressed. They are discouraged. And you say, well, how do we build somebody emotionally? How do we help them emotionally? Well, I think one thing is you be a friend. You be there for them. You listen. You, 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 you be a friend in need. That's a friend indeed. But I think also, I think it's important that we use our words to encourage people. I'll tell you, we have never had a greater opportunity to use our words to encourage like we do now. We don't have to be face-to-face, -face, although I'm all for that. You can send a text message of encouragement. You can make a phone call. You can post something on Facebook. You can send an email. You can do something to encourage and to help somebody emotionally. Let's go back to our children. You know, if I'm not careful as a parent, my words to my children are always, don't do this. No, no, we're not doing that. No, we're not going there. No, we're not having no. And can I tell you, children need some emotional encouragement. Children need to hear, I love you. And they need to hear it a lot. Children need to hear, I'm proud of you. Children need to hear, hear you say, you did a great job. Children don't need, oh, there were a hundred questions on the test and you missed one. What's your, no, no. 
You know what children need to hear? They need to hear a parent that says, wow. And let's be honest, when you were the child, if you would have got 99 out of 100, you would have been flying high in the sky and soaring above the clouds. Some of us, if we'd have got 50 of them right, we'd have been doing that. But children need emotional, they need building, they need construction. And God's given us children to build them and to construct them. Except the Lord build the house. The second theme I see in this passage is the theme of protection. It says, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. I understand that we need the Lord's help to build our children. Absolutely, we must have his help. But if the Lord was going to do it without you, then why'd he make you a parent? And if the Lord didn't need you, then why'd he put those children in your home? And why'd he put them in my home? Because he needed the guidance and he needed the encouragement of a parent to point their children in the way that they should go. Construction, but number two is protection. Yes, we need the Lord for his help and protection, but it says, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Our children need to be protected. Our children need to be protected spiritually. And I'll tell you this, parents and, and, and guardians and grandparents and whatever role you play in the lives of children, our children are under attack more now than they have ever been. And I understand the devil is still real and I understand the world, the flesh and the devil, but I'll tell you, technology has put wickedness and, 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 and technology has put access to wickedness at the fingertips of our children. May I tell you, our children need to be protected spiritually. You say, well, I can't always be there. I understand that. But whether you're there or not, whether I'm there or not, we're responsible. You say, well, how do I protect my child? I feel like I can't let them out of my sight or I feel like I can't let them go anywhere or do anything. Well, you teach them and you train them. But can I tell you one way you protect your children? You pray for them. You pray a hedge of protection. You pray that God would watch over them and that God would take care of them and that God would help them and that God would keep them from the temptations. I love that passage in the book of Job. The Bible says how Job prayed for his children. And can I tell you, there was a hedge that was placed around that, uh, Job's family. There was a hedge that was placed around Job. And I believe God showed us that. And obviously Job went through great trials. But I believe God showed us that so we could know how we ought to pray for protection for our children. There ought to be physical protection. There are people out there, and may, may God help us in our church, but there are people out there that will hurt and will harm children. I'll tell you how long that's going to fly at this church. About a tenth of a second. We don't harm children. We don't hurt children. We don't abuse children. Uh, we protect children. We care for children. I'm very excited. Brother Dan has helped us, and he's got everything lined up, and we were going to vote on it, but we're just putting it in 2020. It's in the budget. We're doing it. We're going for it. We're getting cameras installed in every one of our classrooms and in our hallways and all that, and don't come to me, and don't you dare say, I don't think that's a good idea because you'll be the one I'll be the most worried about. Because when you're doing things right and you're above board, you say, praise the Lord for another level of safety and protection for our children and for our workers. And so that's for free. We're, we're, we're doing that. The cameras won't be free, but the announcement was free. 
But our children need to be protected. You need to be protected mentally, and you need to protect who you allow to influence them. Can I tell you, Satan would love to brainwash your child. He'd love to brainwash my children. He'd love to brainwash them and to cause them to think different and contrary to the Word of God. Our children need to be protected emotionally. Boy, may God help us to protect our children. I'm not, I'm not saying that a teacher can't get on their case or a coach can't get on their case or someone can't correct them. The truth is our children need correction. Our children need discipline. But may God help us to protect our children, be very wise and discerning. Number one, I see in this passage construction. Number two, I see protection. But number three, and I'll close with this, I see direction. Would you notice in verse number four, it's amazing to me how God talks about children as being a gift, an inheritance, and a reward. But then it says in verse number four, it says, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. You see, God talks here in this passage about direction. You see, this arrow does not do any good to the hunter. In Bible times, this arrow did not do any good to the soldier, to the archer, who shot the arrow without knowing where he was shooting it. Now, there's some instances in the Bible where somebody took a shot and lo and behold, it hit somebody, and I think that was the Lord directing that. But can I tell you, God has given us the responsibility of direction, of pointing our children. That's why Proverbs says, train up a child in the way he should go, the direction he should go. We are given the responsibility of direction. You see, arrows must be aimed. And parents and grandparents and Sunday school teachers and church members, we have got to make sure our direction is right. Now, you won't understand everything that a pastor does or a, a pastor decides. I, I, I'm fine with that. You're always welcome. I'll answer any question. I'll do my best to, to explain things. But I'll tell you, one of the responsibilities of a pastor, a shepherd, is I'm trying to direct this church. And there may be some things that they're not wicked and sinful. You say, well, I don't know why pastor doesn't do that. Or I don't know why he does do that. Can I tell you what I'm doing? I'm trying to point this church in a direction so that five years from now or 10 years from now, this is still a church. And five years from now and 10 years from now and 20 and 30 and 40 and 50, this church still preaches the Bible. And this church still believes in missions. And this church still believes in soul winning. And this church still believes in being different from the world. And this church still believes that we have been called to be a holy people. I'm trying to set a direction for this church because something may not be bad. Something may not be sinful. But I don't even want to go that direction. I don't want to open those gates. I don't want to open that can of worms. And then we find out and it's too late. Well, I tell you, when you're driving a car, you, I, I say you, if your spouse does this, don't point at them or poke them or, you know, whatever, call them out. But when you're driving a car, one of the worst things you can do when you're driving is just jerk the wheel. Can I tell you, that's not how you want to correct. 
Now, in an emergency, you might have to. But you know what you want to do? You want to direct and you want to steer very, very steadily. And, and, and usually it's very small movements. I mean, you steer down the highway, but you don't even realize it because it's also it's also little. But those little movements and that little steering, you know what it does? It gets you to the destination. It gets you to where you need to go. Direction is so important. Number one, arrows. Let's talk about arrows for just a moment. We'll be done. Arrows must be aimed. You must see the target. You must have the proper vision. You must have the proper perspective. And for these parents that stood up here, can I tell you, there's got to be a target. There's got to be an end goal. You say, I want my children, I want them to end up in jail and on drugs and drinking and misery. No, 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 that's not what you say. You say, I want my child to get saved. I want my child to love God. I want my child to serve God. I want my child to find satisfaction and contentment. And I want my child to be in the center of God's will. You got to find the target. And then you aim that way. Secondly, arrows must be prepared. You know, these arrows, somebody had to make this arrow. Uh, uh, somebody didn't just grab a, a branch off the tree and say, this will do. That arrow's got to be straight, and that arrow's got to be prepared, and that arrow, it takes some planning and preparation. It takes some work. Boy, sometimes with our children, don't we sometimes feel like that's all we do? It's like, maybe, maybe I'm just confessing my sins now. Bear with me. But do you ever feel like you teach your child something, and you don't say it. You don't broadcast this because that's the worst thing you do. Don't ever say, my child always does fill in the blank. Don't say, my child never does fill in the blank. Because you know what they're going to do the next opportunity? The opposite of what you just said. So we don't say it. But sometimes we feel like, okay, they don't have it all figured out. But they've got this one area figured out. They've got enough, like they've got enough sense. They're not going to sit at a table and say something rude, you know, like, this is gross, or bleh, you know, they're not going to do that. And, you know, you start to think that. And you know what they do the next meal? That. And you say, have I not taught them anything? Now, help me out. Am I the only one that's ever gone? Is that not true? Does that happen sometimes? Sometimes I think the Lord does it probably just to keep us humble. And sometimes I think the Lord allows it so that we'll trust him and say, except the Lord build the house that labor in vain. But I think the Lord also allows it for reminders that our training is not done and our instruction is not done and our preparation and our molding in their life is not done. Arrows must be aimed. Arrows must be prepared. But arrows must be released. And I'm not there yet. And I don't look forward to the day. But the day will come. And arrows are not meant to stay in the quiver. As a matter of fact, arrows don't do a lot of good if they just stay in the quiver. But they're never released. You know what happens when you release an arrow? You have to say, I've done my best. I've prepared them. I've tried to get the right aim. I believe I've pointed them at the target. I've done the best I can. And when you release the arrow, here's what's so hard about that. It's out of your control. 
And can I tell you, when it's out of your control, that's when you must say, God, I need you to help that arrow to find that mark. When you let go, you are saying, God, it's out of my hands. But aren't you glad when it's out of your hands, it's still in His. And aren't you glad when it may be out of your control, it's still under His control. And an arrow must be aimed and an arrow must be prepared, but an arrow must be released. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.